welcome to Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I hope you're doing well. Just want to let you know that uh, we are talking about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. And uh, we are talking about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. We have experts in the studio or on the phone with us. And then we let them talk about a specific study, a certain personal interest, professional interest, books they've written, uh, research, and or, or the work that they're doing on a daily basis that they've done for years or decades. Um, always remember that we are here to educate, inform, and entertain. It's not about diagnosing, treating, or curing. We always recommend you see a professional of your choice. Uh, or call the call the guest after the program. We give you all the contact numbers you need to know, and then get the best advice for you personally or for somebody close to you. So again, welcome to the program. Uh, let me welcome you. Uh, let me welcome Red Moon Eagle here. Red Moon Eagle is a shamanic healer. She's an astrologer and an energy worker. She works with spirit guides and can see life patterns, karmic patterns, and past life influences. She helps her clients understand the web of life and assists them in fulfilling their purpose in life. Red guides them to harmonious acceptance of their work and the choices they have made and or need to make. As a successful spiritual teacher and life coach, she has helped her clients overcome the obstacles that hold them back in life. Working with psycho-spiritual healing techniques and energy work, she takes into account the body, mind, emotions, and spiritual growth. Red Moon Eagle has many years of work in spirituality, including astrology, divination, and tarot readings. She has a deep abiding passion for herbal healing, natural lifestyles, healthy nutritional choices, and connecting to the world. She utilizes many healing methods such as stone therapy, Reiki, and craniosacral healing techniques. Bringing these tools into play is essential to working with her clients in a successful and holistic manner. Currently, Red Moon Eagle is working at Trillium Clinic with Drs. Kellen Milani and Robin Thompson that is located at 2415 West Main Street, Suite 1 in Bozeman, that is the area behind Perkins Restaurant. Uh, also, the uh, telephone and text that you can you can contact her, so you can text her at this number, is 406-690-1134, 690-1137, I got my, my seven, looks like a four, I don't know why. Good morning, Red. Welcome back to the program. Good morning. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's uh, uh, When we talked about this last time, when you were on the show a couple months ago, you said, I want to talk about this topic with the children. And um, now looking at the agenda that we have ahead of us, that is a very, very interesting oh, we've got uh, a topic. Full, we've got a full outline. We, <laughs> could, we could probably talk several times, but well, we'll limit go. it to one. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. So... Um, First of all, I think it is good for people who haven't heard you speak yet to tell a little bit about yourself and, and what exactly took you into the direction 
that you are working in right now? Well, my history is I've never not seen things. I've never not known things. I've been one of those people my whole life that's been connected, extremely sensitive, extremely aware of my environment, aware of other people, other people's energy, other people's patterns. I can see these things, as you said in my in the introduction. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that we're talking today about children because I am an indigo child. I am a crystalline child or a star child or whatever name you want to give them. I am that child. And I was born in the 70s when that was very rare. You mm -hmm. don't have a lot of children from the 70s that are these children. If you look at all the data and all of the research and all of the books that are written about them, they don't usually come in till the 80s and much more in the 90s and much more in the 2000s. Yeah. So my whole life has been wrapped around catalyzing change and catalyzing movement and energy in the people that I am surrounded by in my life. And my journey in, in teaching and showing and mentoring people is all wrapped around my awareness that so many of my generation and previous generations were unaware of and unaware of all of the influences and layers and people have awakened to those things and it's amazing and I love to watch that transformation mm. in people but it is not something that was normal when I was born and when I was raised I was definitely that odd child <laughs> yeah. I was definitely that very overly sensitive overly aware child and that has influenced my entire life it's influenced my career path it's influenced my education i have a bachelor's degree in education mm. the reason i chose that mm. was because i felt driven to specialize in diversified learning styles because i was that child that was try that was no matter how much they tried to force me into a certain box to fit, yeah. I never fit the box. There, uh -huh. There's no way you could put me in a box. And I railed against that. And I had, oh my goodness, I was a terrible teenager. I was um, defiant and uh, angry. Mm -hmm. uh, I had violent outbursts. I mean, people who know me today listen to the stories of how I responded to the strictures that were put upon me and the lack of acceptance of who I was as a spiritual being happening to live in this physical existence. Yeah. They look at that behavior, they listen to my explanation of that behavior and they go, you? Hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I was not an easy child because I knew, I knew where I needed to be. I yeah. knew I knew where I needed to go. I knew what I needed to be doing with my life mm -hmm. and my education and my choices of work and my choices of where I live in my life are all wrapped around that innate, driven desire. It is a burning passion that I can never get away from because it's part of who I am. It's part of being awake and being aware and being completely connected and watching people around me not. Like, how can I help them come into this awareness? How can I help them mm. see mm -hmm. and be who they are all meant to be? So we've talked previously about energy sensitivity and we've talked about empathy and we've talked about connection to the universe. And mm. my driving force my whole life has been to help other people come into their own, come into 
who they are as spiritual beings living in this human existence, mm. not mm. the other way around, which is I'm living a human exi existence trying to connect to the spiritual. What is the, what do you think is the reason why you can look back right now? So with your insights, you look back right now, you say, I was a, I was an art child. I was different. I was defiant. I had my outburst and all that stuff. How do you explain that? Why why would that be part of it here? It why was... could you not have been angelic <laughs> and then be oh. nice and very obedient and uh, well, and then grow up to be who you are today? I did have those moments. It, oh, good. <laughs> but, well, no, it that's a really good question because people who deal with crystalline and energy children, indigo children, whatever name you want to give them, yeah. they will see those glimmers and they'll also see the outbursts and the frustration. A lot of those outbursts, they come from being stifled. They come from being lied to. So it's, a, it's an innate trigger for a highly sensitive child that I, I use this example all the time. Um, my biological mother probably didn't mean to lie to me, but mm. she lied to me. She mm. gave me what she thought a child should hear. Mm. It was a filtered adult conversation. She didn't speak to me on a level playing field. At a very small age, at a very young age, I knew she was A, talking down to me, and I knew she was lying to me. Mm. And I would say, don't lie to me. I remember screaming, don't lie to me. And she's like, I'm not lying to you. I'm only telling you what you need to hear. That will trigger a cascade, well, it did in me. It triggered a cascade of frustration and knowingness. Mm. I knew at a fundamental level that she was lying to me and I couldn't do anything about it. A helplessness kind of takes over. Mm. And then you have all those behavior problems. Mm. It wasn't until I became 16, 17 years old where I realized, wait a minute, this is what all these people do with children. Mm. You have to stop it. You have to stop doing that. And I changed my focus. All that anger and all that frustration started to dissipate when I realized I could affect change by the things that I knew I was meant to do. Mm. And that's when a lot of that anger and a lot of that rage dissipated and a lot of the behavior problems disappeared at that time because mm. I had that moment of, okay, wait a minute here. I, I need to be doing what I need to be doing and not worrying about everybody else. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out a way to affect change. Hmm. And the helplessness was gone. But a the lot... Help, helpless or hopeless? That the helplessness. Helpless. Helplessness mm -hmm. dissipated. And uh -huh. that can, for me especially, um, between the ages of 12 and 16, I was a very, very angry teenager. Hmm. When I was younger, I wasn't as angry. Um, but... I still had those frustrating moments where I knew something. I would look at someone and know something and I would try to communicate it. And my father was pretty good about, okay, you know, like he would take it in. He wouldn't necessarily say no. I mean, he never turned that off, but mm. my mother was very not that way. Right. So how, how indigo children are raised the input and the reinforcement that they get can definitely affect all those weird behaviors, those aggressive behaviors. Mm -hmm. But they're not all, depending on how they come in, are they full indigo or are they uh, transitioning indigo children? So they transition in a lifetime to become more and more aware. And you have variances within that. Every child is not the same.
They come in with different gifts, different abilities. And my journey is very indicative of I had to go through the tough stuff. I really did have to go through the tough stuff to be able to be where I'm at now to be able to help others. Mm -hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. I can look at it, and even when I was going through it as a child, there were there was a. I remember there was a part of me that would say, "It's okay. This isn't forever. You're gonna be able to get out of this because this is not where you're supposed to be forever." Like mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew it at a fundamental. How I breathe in oxygen every day. I knew I was not gonna be there forever. Yeah. I knew I had things to do, and I knew I had places to be, and I was gonna get there. Yeah. And I'm an Aries, so patience is not exactly my first virtue. So I can no, really not. work through that. Yeah. <laughs> 522-8255, folks. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. I'm Jacobus Holowein, Red Moon Eagle, my guest on the program today. And we're talking about the what we would maybe could say the New Age children, the indigo, the crystal children, rainbow children. Uh, you've heard about the terms Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z. Uh, there's different ways to look at it, but we're talking about what makes these young generations so special. And if you have any questions about it, or if you have any experience about it, with it, then give us a call, 522-8255. We are broadcasting from the studios at 125 West Mendenhall in Bozeman, Montana, and uh, that is at the studios of AM 1450 KMMS, where Montana talks and AM 1340, KPRK in Livingston and Park County. I really appreciate you are tuning in. Uh, it's very, uh, very interesting uh, what you bring up. I, I Have you ever thought, I don't know, are your parents still alive? Yes, they are. And how is your relationship with them right now? It I, really sucks. Can they have a good laugh? They, they can't have a good laugh about it or anything? No, no. no. Oh, that's too bad. No. Everybody's journey is a little different. Yeah. And mine... If if you look at from, I guess I've had this conversation with several people because they, they are always very curious, like, how do your parents react to who you are? And I went, they, they don't like it. They don't understand it. Mm. Um, you have siblings also? I do. I have one little Connection sister. with uh, nope. a, anything? No, nope. she's not. Oh, interesting. She is not uh, awake. Huh. And that's Okay. I, I accept them for who they are. I don't realize that. I have siblings. And yeah. Sometimes you connect or sometimes you don't connect. Yeah, I never... It's just interesting that uh, uh, knowing uh, knowing that you look into other people's mm-hmm. uh, past records, you wonder why those people. So you probably had something to work out with them, you know, while you uh, didn't want to be stifled with what you had to do in this life. I know. Uh, I know that my father specifically was a great stabilizer Mm. and his gifts whether he recognizes them or not his package of gifts that he has in this life is amazing and he gave me a great deal of understanding because i am not an empath he is an empath Uh and he gave me a reinforced understanding of what i knew to be true he brought that home every day he brought that home from work. He brought that home in the time that he spent with me. Um, he was in the military, so he traveled a lot, and he was gone a lot. So mm-hmm. I was left a lot in the care of somebody who didn't understand me. Mm-hmm. And so when he came home, it was always a, I need that reinforcement of, okay, I, I know that this is okay to be me. But yeah. as I grew older and as my life choices changed and the mistake, and I've made mistakes, we all do, mm-hmm. um, 
I just don't have a relationship with my family. And mm. it's okay. That's their journey and that's my journey. And I know that I chose my parents for specific reasons. I know what those reasons are. I'm completely mm -hmm. cognizant of those reasons. Mm -hmm. It makes me sad sometimes that I don't have them in my life. I would say so. Yeah. Because every child wants to be able to communicate mm -hmm. with their parents and yep. be validated. But I also know that in my life's path, honestly, I really don't need it mm. because I know who I am mm -hmm. and I know where I'm meant to be and I know where I'm meant to go. So I have those moments of sadness like everyone else if I'm disconnected from my family, mm -hmm. which I am, but I don't miss that they, I don't miss the things that other people might need because I know where I am. I am completely aware of my entrance into this world. I recognize what that journey piece meant. I recognize how that influenced me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took a long time to get there. I can't say it was an easy journey. Yeah. But I, I am at peace with that. Mm -hmm. And that makes a big difference when I look at other people who are going through similar or different yeah, or struggling have, with yeah. real life issues because I understand what that journey looks like. Yeah. It's fresh mm -hmm. in this life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. There is, but there is a reason why you have family, right? That is the reason you and, have family. I mean, there is a reason. There's yeah, always you say a there reason. Is a, yes, and and so I know that uh, we uh, they're they're usually the ones that you can trust. You mm -hmm. should be able to trust. Usually, but it doesn't always work that way, and they're the ones that you could be you should be honest with. It should be. That doesn't always work. Doesn't that always way. work that yeah, way. It's a uh, it's a tough journey. And Crystal and children, Indigo children, they pick their parents. And that is a big message in today's show is they pick their parents. They oh. pick the people that they are here in this life to influence. There is no randomness about it. If you are a parent of a crystalline indigo child, a rainbow child or whatever, there's a reason. Mm. It's not random. So whatever you are mentoring or teaching or showing or whatever they are here to teach you, which mm -hmm. is usually a bigger part of the lesson, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's, it's meaningful and it's powerful and it's important. And yeah. it's not something to shove up under the rug and ignore. Yeah. Because they, they have that connection and they have that awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's important. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because I hear it and I, I, I am thinking about uh, several people. I'm, I'm thinking about my own family and um, that obviously comes up. But... One thing that I see uh, that I have a feeling with you is that uh, you couldn't wait to get out of there. You no, couldn't, I couldn't wait to grow up. I couldn't wait. <laughs> and uh, and I know I know other people who just couldn't wait to grow up. Mm -hmm. They did. It was almost they wanted to skip the whole teenage years oh, and yeah. go straight into adulthood. Oh yeah, I would love And because <laughs> they go like, okay, why am I going through all this? And uh, I really got more work to do. I have, you know, people to see, places to go. You know, right? Chop, chop. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't mess around. So that is, uh, that's interesting. And as you are talking, I'm thinking about people who I know who have that, who've had that drive and who have displayed. Now, as adults, I know that they couldn't wait to be on their own and be away from under the wings of people that they just couldn't get along with. And then from a point of adulthood, maybe try to rekindle a relationship, but now from a different level playing field. 
Right. And that, if I can say that. Yeah, a lot of people have been able to do that, and that is part of their path. It might be part of that they had to separate and that those parental figures had to come to a place of peace within themselves so yeah. that they could recognize that young person as their own identity. Yeah. Um, my journey was different. Yeah, it was. Still is. It still is. <laughs> <laughs> Red Moon Eagle, my guest today on Gesundheit with Jacobus. If you like to get a hold of Red after the show, give her a text or call her at her number 406 690 1137. 6901137 you can also go to her website which is called Elemental Healing MT for Montana Hello, Elemental Healing MT.com we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to hit the topic of the indigo children the crystal children the rainbow children and whatever children else fit in the category we'll be right back We uh, have a telephone call. Uh, who would like to ask you a question or give a comment? Good morning, caller. Uh, what's your name? How can we help you, please? This is a new guy on the block. <laughs> yeah, right. You're there's an yeah. indigo child himself, right here. Yeah, well, that's the idea that I heard that autistic children are more evolved race, and they're just showing difficulty integrating. But since then, I see something specific that Anthony William says in Medical Medium that, quote, children with ADHD and autism grow specifically evolved brain neurons, especially in the frontal lobe. These facilitate communications with others and intuitive abilities for reading people, being able to sense somewhat what somebody is thinking and feeling. That may be surprising since people with autism can exhibit antisocial qualities but it's actually a way to avoid being overwhelmed by a flood of information they're picking up from the people around them. And sometimes they're new, evolved neutrons growing in the frontal lobe and also in other parts of the brain, such as the limbic system. So that's a more scientific explanation, but I see that there are plenty of people that are willing to stick their neck out and, and say that we shouldn't think of autism as a mere illness that's also an exhibit of a new type of person. Mm. Interesting. You want to say something about that? I have nothing to add to that. That was a, an amazing piece of information. Those yeah. are all right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Defin all right. Yeah, definitely. I would say that autistic children are very much in the head. There's a lot going on in the brain that won't stop. The uh, very high adrenaline... Uh, a lot going on processing-wise, and it makes them extremely sensitive to new um, senses around them. They have a very hard time adjusting to a new environment. Everything is very regimented for them because that's what they need. And so, sadly enough, they end up often with a diet that is uh, full of stimulants, a uh, pretty high carbohydrate diet, often food sweeteners and coloring because they, they constantly want to stimulate that brain. But in a way, what they're trying to do is slow it down, but they do it the wrong way. They want to slow down the brain by eating, but what they're eating constantly stimulates the brain. And so it is a, uh, that's one thing that I've heard. I don't know if you've heard that before. It actually is, it's part of, one of the reasons that this is a topic that 
uh, we needed to talk about because I myself have sensory processing disorder and oh. the food I eat makes a difference in how I process. And every child I have ever worked with that has ADD, ADHD, autism, autism spectrum, and there's a huge spectrum there, um, they all are extremely sensitive to the things that somebody who can't perceive those input, they do not comprehend what those sensitivities mean. Hmm. To me, it's a very personal thing yeah. because I know at a fundamental level that these children, they are not a bad thing for we as a society. They hmm. are a good thing. They are making us more aware of the things that have been forgotten over time mm -hmm. and yeah. desensitized with our industrial revolution and with mm. our moving forward mm. in time. <laughs> All right, Daniel. So here's the uh, final statement. It says that often uh, it's stimulated by toxic heavy metals such as mercury and it. They can be removed by the time the uh, child is 18, it'll it'll retain the evolved capacities and yet w won't have the burden of being poisoned by toxic metals. Okay, that's it. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Have a good weekend. Energy-sensitive children, how do we deal with... How do we deal? I mean, how do we better understand children that are... By science, they're, in the science world, they're described as generation X, Y, and Z. But uh, in the spiritual world, we call them more indigo children, crystal children, rainbow children, star children. Uh, and so Red Moon Eagle said, I'd like to come on, on the show and explain more about these concepts so that we have a better understanding why things are going the way they're going. Now, uh, of course, there is, besides the fact, in my opinion, that uh, children are born under these uh, certain special circumstances, we also see that through the manipulation in the food industry and in agricultural industry, uh, the amount of environmental toxins, uh, I could consider that an attack on the perfect development of these children and not giving them a chance to reach their full potential uh, if they're definitely even sensitive to all that. Uh, so uh, maybe you can explain a little bit more. You just mentioned yourself, a sensitivity to foods. Oh, yeah. You know, so what... It, well, and they change. So most, most of the kids, myself included, who are indigo, star children, etc., um, <clears throat> they can start off with a certain set of sensitivities and those sensitivities can change over time because they do have a innate ability to recognize what they need versus what they're given. And the downside to that is a highly sensitive child who is not being nurtured properly will crave will crave the things that they need, but if they're not given those things, they will easily get hooked on things like Mountain Dew, chips, chicken nuggets, things with a lot of preservatives in it. And it's not because they're weak. It has to do with their their sensitivity gets sidelined. Mm -hmm. um, the foods that you feed a highly sensitive child need to be as organic and natural whole foods as possible. I, I can't stress that enough. If if they're given chips and pop 
and sugary things and it it tips the equilibrium in their balance of how they connect to their core energy. I know that for myself, I had never struggled with sugar, ever. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I got tripped up by a sugar addiction that kind of came at me sideways. I didn't realize that that was what was happening. And I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of the sugar addiction issue. And I realize I'm not connecting. I'm not tapping in as easily. I'm unbalanced uh in and i'm having anger flashes i'm having these really weird symptoms that i'd never really had before mm -hmm. and when i recognized that i went whoa now i know what that is and i've worked on that sugar addiction issue but when you deal with little children and every time you turn around you give them a pop every time you turn around you give them an apple juice every time you turn around you give them a treat they learn to associate that that disconnection because everybody else is disconnected, maybe they should be disconnected. Mm -hmm. And so they try to fit in. Not all of them, but many of them do. And it numbs their senses. And then it creates imbalance in all these other aspects. So it cascades. Yeah. Um, it's one drop that becomes a flood. So it's extremely vital that we break away, if we possibly can as a culture from the industrialized food industry and eat local, eat organic, eat natural as much as possible. And the sensitivities they have. So for example, one child might be extremely sensitive to dairy and eggs. Okay, there are alternative foods that you can feed them without mm. having dairy and eggs in that. But yeah. maybe in the future, that sensitivity changes so that they no longer have the sensitivity to dairy and eggs. Yeah. But you have to be very careful with their little bodies because mm -hmm. those sensitive children's little bodies are so much more sensitive in so many different ways. Right. You have sensitivity to touch, sound, smell, sight, all those all those senses that we perceive and on top of that the sensitivity to energy vibrations, to electronic equipment, mm -hmm. to cell phones to screen time. I can't tell you how important it is to limit that darn screen time. Mm -hmm. Even in a quote unquote normal child, yeah. that screen time does affect their inner equilibrium and their energy flow in their body. Mm -hmm. When they come into this plane, they are spiritual beings living in a human existence. And their energy flow is a certain way and they're trying to make sure it fits with this human body. And if you keep throwing screen time at them, sitting in front of the TV, sitting in front of your cell phone, sitting in front of your iPad to keep them quote unquote entertained, mm -hmm. um, that affects their ability to connect to that spiritual energy of who they are and it gets all jumbled and confused. Yeah. Now the flip side to that is a lot of these children are computer age children. They are born into this life in this time because they do have the ability to manipulate those electronic equipment in a really cool nifty way mm. but give them the time to ground in this earth first yeah before you throw all that stuff at them yes i mean it's kind of the dichotomy of i i was one of those kids we had a computer in our house way before all of my peers i was working on apple computers doing programming writing website you know i was doing all that stuff it was very easy for me where my, a lot of my peers struggled with learning how to type. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so I was that child, but I also had my fundamental years where I wasn't in front of the TV. I wasn't in front of a computer. I wasn't, heck, we had a party line telephone. Like we, <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. I lived in a house with no electricity at one point. Like it's, it's, 
Yeah. I come from a two-pronged world, but these crystalline, these indigo kids are so sensitive to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's important that when you're talking about feeding them mm-hmm. food mm-hmm. to nurture their physical body, mm-hmm. you need to keep that as pure and wholesome as possible. It will, and, and, I, and I know I've had parents make these comments to me, but it's expensive. Yes, it is expensive. But would you rather pay for the expense of feeding them real food now than pay for the therapy and the court bills and the other well, I, I think, cascading things that can, yeah. not always, but can You're, happen? Uh, sure, but I think that that is an excuse for people. Oh, yeah, it is an To excuse. keep saying that, that uh, wholesome food is expensive. Yeah. Even if they would not eat organic, but eat wholesome food. Right. You know, that's not... It's actually cheaper. It is actually cheaper. But the only problem is you're going to have to, you're going to have to make it yourself. You do. You have to have the time. Oh, bother! You have to make Instead the time. of popping it in the microwave, right. oh my God! You mean I actually have to turn the gas stove on? You bring up the microwave. I want to make a. I have to make a statement about this. I do not have a microwave in my home. Okay. And I will not have a microwave in my home. And the fundamental reason for that is the microwave affects my energy, and I know it, and. When I had kids at home living with me, little kids, if I nuked food versus heating it up as naturally as possible, like on the stove with heat, I could tell the behavior change. Mm. That nuked food is different. I don't know the science behind it. I'm not even going to pretend to understand the science. No, but I was yesterday at another health food store and uh, I ordered food and I said, oh, can you guys heat that up? They said there is a microwave right there. And I said, you're kidding me. You guys have a microwave for your guests. Oh no! Who who warm want to warm up a piece of quiche? Oh no! For three seventy five in a microwave, and I was flabbergasted. Yeah, well, you know, so people rely with on everything that we easy know. Conven- convenience, yeah, you know, it's, it's all uh, about time and convenience. Yeah. And I I have to make the plug about the microwave because I have seen I have seen the changes in children eating microwave food and eating unmicrowave food, and I. Maybe it's because I see, I can see the patterning and I can see how it affects. Not everybody is aware of those subtle effects. And I get it. We're, we live in a fast-paced life. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good difference. Well, last week we, we talked on the show about the hacking of the American mind. And a book by Dr. Robert Lustig. And he was at Museum of the Rockies two days ago. It was a very interesting lecture. We had a full house. If there was a full house, uh, people coming to the lecture. But he talks specifically about the manipulation of food and how it affects everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and how it has simply escalated the medical costs. 75% of American adults, and we're not even talking about children here, but 75% of American adults are part of the uh, now, let me say it this way. Within the medical system of this nation, that is three cost of $3.4 trillion every year, 75% of the people a part of the program are suffering from metabolic syndrome, which is all about diet, diet and lifestyle. And he said, if we were able to show these people how to get out of their metabolic disease, which is doable, mm-hmm. very doable. It is doable. He said, we could eliminate 
75% of the cost of healthcare, mm -hmm. just like that. Oh, yeah. And when you think about it, if people don't know, and so therefore, with everything that we do know because of social media, they play ignorant, mm -hmm. you go, this is, your, this is the only body you have. Right. From the day you're born to the day you die, you know, so take care of it. Right. And I, and I wonder sometimes, uh, I, I also realize that when I listen to you and you're, you're a woman, that when you said you were 12, I also understand that when the hormones kick in, combined with maybe not the right kind of food that your parents oh, yeah. were feeding you, that sure doesn't uh, help. No, that doesn't help, help the cause, you know? No, we had, when, I, when we came back from Europe when I was young, um, we had a microwave for the first time in our house. Yeah. And I would sit transfixed in front of that microwave. And I remember, it, it, it's hard to describe, but the best description I have is a little bit of a high from sitting in front of that microwave. Yeah. I would put something in the microwave to turn it on to get that feeling. And I didn't know what it was, mm -hmm. but I knew that as I got older, that feeling was no longer a good feeling. It was like a sick feeling. Like yeah. I don't, if I don't like standing in front of them, I don't like being in front of them. I feel ill because there's something, I don't understand the science behind it. I'm not even gonna pretend to under the, understand the science, yeah. but I know that I'm picking up something that makes me feel ill. Mm -hmm. And if I, eat too much food that comes out of a microwave, I feel physically ill. Mm -hmm. So I try really hard not to, I don't have one in my home at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I do limit the amount of food that I eat that comes out of a microwave. Mm -hmm. And I've watched it affect kids. And we have been programmed, as you say, mm -hmm. to think that the ease and the convenience are overwhelmingly more necessary mm -hmm. than the nutrition and the whole foods that we put in our body. Yeah. And I see this over and over and over again. I did classes years ago with young mothers learning how to purchase food on food stamps, real food, like learning, teaching them how to cook Yes. so that they knew they could buy onions and they could buy tuna and they could buy, oh, I don't know, hamburger, you know, like real food. Mm -hmm. um, and cook a meal for their family mm -hmm. and save money, quote unquote, on food stamps totally. because they were single parents. They yep. were trying to raise children yep. um, and not go directly to the frozen food section and buy fish sticks. Yeah, yeah, totally <laughs> or chicken true. nuggets or yeah, tater or, tots or whatever. and Or cereal. and Or cereal. Oh, my God. Don't yeah. even get me started on cereal. Um, but these kids, these young parents were trying to make ends meet on food stamps mm -hmm. and would would learn from me, you know, I would teach them these techniques and they, their kids' behaviors changed, their, their energy changed. They were like, wow, all of a sudden my kid's like behaving and sitting still in school. And I went, uh, probably has a lot to do with how you're feeding them now. <laughs> it can be changed in one meal. It can. You can one see meal. the difference in one meal. One meal, that's all it takes. And if you look at how many children walk out the door these days without even having a breakfast mm -hmm. or something sugary, Right. Which means they're hungry again by 8 9.30. Oh, yeah. And then they have to wait, and so they can't sit still in the classroom. So they say, well, you probably have ADHD. Right. Then they put them on medication, which we know all the problems with that. Then the, the lunch comes along. If they make it to lunch, mm -hmm. 
then they they want to go play outside because they have all this bottled up energy. So they want to run and play. Right. And, and they the, forget to eat. And then by the time they're in junior high and high school, they may or may not be eating breakfast. Yeah. And then they have their friends that have money or they have money and they're buying snacks out of the vending machine and pop out of the vending machine and... Again, sugary sweets. They're going out for lunch. We see it here in Bozeman all the time. They have an hour for lunch. Fast food, fast food, fast food. Junk, 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 junk. And then they're sleepy. They're tired. They're inattentive in their afternoon classes. I mean, I was a high school teacher for years. I could totally tell the kid that was the most sensitive in the room without even opening my eyes. They're they're high energy in the morning. Sugar, sugar, sugar. They wane right before lunch. Yeah. At lunch, they may or may not have a wholesome lunch. And yeah. then by my sixth and seventh period class, they were useless. Like, what yeah. are they going to learn? Yeah. So I did things like I had fresh veggies that I always had available in my classes. Like, I had food. I, as a teacher, had to buy food for my kids mm-hmm. so that I could teach them. <laughs> yeah. And over time, I had taught in the same school for a while. So over time, I kind of developed the way to introduce these wholesome ideas to the kids. And sometimes they adopted them and sometimes yeah, they didn't. They're hard. teenagers. Yeah, they're <laughs> teenagers. That's right. <laughs> but sometimes if you give them the chance, they'll make the wise choice. But mm-hmm. you have to give them the opportunity and show that they do feel better. And that takes time. Um, From the text line, yeah, somebody is asking a question before we go into the break. Sure. What is a spirit guide? <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. So everybody has a spirit guide. Everybody has many. Um, If you want to think of them as your guardian angel, that's one way of thinking of that. Okay. Or maybe an ancestor in your past that has chosen to guide you and be your uh, help from the spirit world 24-7. Your spirit guide never goes on vacation. They never take a nap. They never go somewhere else. That spirit guide is always with you. When you need help, you can turn to your spirit guide and say, hey, I'm struggling with this today. Can you hold me? Can you hug me? Can you Mm. give me a little bit of intuition? Can you give me a little bit of help? Um, I'm really angry. Can you help me with my anger? I am really sad. Can you help me with my sadness? Um, Your spirit guide is always with you Mm -hmm. 24-7. Now, you also have other guides that come and go in your life. Um, Some people call them different angels. Some people call them totem animals. Some people have totem animals and spirit guides. You know, it kind of depends on what your perception is. But um, your your spirit guide is unique to you. You don't share it with anybody else. It's just yours. And you made a contract with that spirit that you two would help each other in this life. I was going to say, it's not just taking. It's also giving. It's also giving. It's also giving. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're definitely going to jump on uh, uh, definitions, definitions of what is an indigo, mm-hmm. what's a crystal, because I think that helps our listeners. But uh, thank you for the discussion. I uh, really appreciate it. Folks, this is Gesundheit with Jacobus. I'm Jacobus Holloway, Red Moon Eagle, my guest this morning, today on the program. We are talking about understanding and guiding sensitive children. And so we're talking about these newer generations. We hope you stay with us all the way till 11 o'clock. There's a lot more where it came from. We'll be right back. This hour is definitely going to be that we're going to give you a much better explanation about how to recognize it, uh, maybe what sets one apart from the other. And uh, appreciate you're here today. Good hour. Give us some insights. Let's jump on these children. What okay. is special? Give us some definitions because oh, if we call them <laughs> XYZ or whatever we call them, 
I, I'm reading that it has to do with certain decades within the children are born within certain decades. Now, there is an overlap, and uh, that makes it a little bit more confusing because uh, people may say, well, definitely has more traits of an indigo child, not much of a rainbow child, and, and, and the star child, whatever. So okay. help us out. So they're all the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they are. They are all the same thing. The What makes it so distinct is that each child's path, life path, path pattern, boy, that, that's a mouthful, life path pattern. So they're all the same thing, but because the life path pattern may have different goals in their life, that's what makes those characteristics seem so divergent. And the other thing to take into consideration is if you have an indigo kid standing next to a child who is not an indigo child, it looks so very different. They think different. They perceive their world different. They have um, a totally different way of approaching things. They have totally a different way of looking at the universe. So if you took, it would be very much like if you took a child from 1820 and put him next to a child from 2001, that would be the drastic difference in their behavior, their outlook, their perception of the universe. Yeah. Um, but they're all they're all the same kiddos. I mean, yes, they're born in different generations, but it's their life path goal that makes them different. And there are a lot of books that define them as totally different types of energy children. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. They're really not. It's their life path goals that make them different. But their gifts and as who they are as a higher vibrational energy being in a in a body that is exactly what they are. They are a higher energy vibration being in a human body. Does, uh -huh. that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. Yeah, no, that, so, that makes sense. So there's some characteristics to look for. I did not write all of them down, but I got 27, which is pretty good. <laughs> okay. And some of these have subcategories, but I didn't list them. Um, a, you're looking for a highly sensitive child. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, very sensitive to their environment. And I'm talking about kids who I, I have, I, I love that. I will forever remember this child. Uh, there was a, there was a tree in the backyard that was, had a, some kind of fungus or virus in the, in the tree and it was dying. And she would cry every evening. She'd go outside in the yard to play and she would come inside crying. It's sick. It's sick. And her mom could not figure out what her child was so upset about. And she finally got a clue and went outside with the child and said, what is sick? And she was like, come, come. And she went over to the tree that was sick and it had one little branch that was dying. Oh. And the, the, the daughter kept saying, mama, you've got to fix it. Mama, you've got to fix it. And finally she was like, okay, okay, okay. She called a, an arbor specialist to come yeah. look at the tree. The tree needed to have this chemical sprayed on it to kill whatever fungus was killing the tree, and it oh. saved the tree. Wow. The child was so connected to the earth in which we live. Mm. She was connected enough to know the tree was sick and needed help, and she I was see. connected to it. Mm -hmm. So that's an example. I'm yeah, not okay. saying every crystalline child has this, yeah. but it is possible. 60% <laughs> of our indigo crystalline children are smaller than average in stature. They're hmm. built tinier. They're not your linebackers. <laughs> not your basketball players. No NBA future for them. Well, they might be tall and lean. Oh, They might be. The boys can be very tall, very lean. But they're not 
built like a Viking. <laughs> I see. And the women are not usually they're not large. Don't they're be. not usually sturdy, large. They're usually a little bit smaller. And I'm talking about 60% of the crystalline mm -hmm. child population. Mm -hmm. They're just a little smaller than their peers, mm -hmm. as in the ones that are not crystalline children. I see. Um, they're able to harness subtle energy fields, uh, bioenergy fields. They're able to manipulate your energy fields very easily. So some of these children, um, you have to kind of watch them, and this is the nurturing boundary part we'll talk about later, but they are able to manipulate people <laughs> because they're able to manipulate their subtle energy fields. I see. Okay. Uh, they're able to use earthly and cosmic energy forces to heal. They don't necessarily have to be hands-on healers, but they can know that someone is ill and they can be in their presence and give them energy to heal. They can't help it. It's, it's kind of like breathing. They, they just do it instinctively. Um, they can be telepathic. They can have intuitive energy that freaks the normal person out, so to speak. Like they, they burst out with this knowingness. They know stuff about people. I see. Um, they often affect electronics, causing them to malfunction. I am completely guilty of this. <laughs> so in your environment, in uh, your presence, electronics can if I'm, fail. If I'm not in control of my own energy field, I have been known to completely cause cell phones to die, huh. drain batteries. I do not wear a watch. I will drain the battery in a watch in about two days. Really? Oh, it's gone. You need an automatic watch. Uh, it doesn't matter. Goes on the wrist. I unwind them. Really? I, oh, yeah. I have an automatic watch that goes on my wrist. I wouldn't want to shakes. test that. I wouldn't really? want to break your watch. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> they can read energy fields. So like I've talked a lot here on the radio show about being able to see energy. That's how my gift manifests. But a lot of indigo and crystalline children, they feel energy fields. They feel the variance within the energy fields. Uh -huh. um, they also work outside of time. They can slow time down and speed time up. And it's very, that's immediately going to cause somebody to go, yeah, right, whatever. Sounds like a science fiction story. Yeah. yeah you're right, it does. But it is a tangible gift to a, a crystalline child. They can make something that they enjoy last a really long time because they have figured out how to manipulate their place in space and time. I see. Um, they have multidimensional awareness. They know from a very young age that this is not the only place we exist. They know it. They'll tell you about it. They'll tell you about it over and over and over again. Whether you believe them doesn't mean it's not real. Right. Does it make them also theatrical? It kind can. Of, they like to uh, role plays yes. and that kind of stuff? Yes, uh -huh. it does. They, they do not look at the creative expression of role play as a thing that's outside of time. They don't look at it as a developmental stage. They don't look at it as something that's odd that's how they process they communicate with people that aren't there that you people that you can't perceive to be there because they are there they're connected with the other side at a at a level that unless you've experienced it it's very difficult to describe mm -hmm. um, they are very skilled in out-of-body travel you'll find a lot of them do a lot of dream travel um, where they they go and check up on people when they're dreaming it's huh. very common. They'll they'll wake up and tell you that grandma didn't have a good night last night. And, really? And you'll go, how do you know that? You call grandma and grandma will say, yeah, I didn't have a very good night last night. Mm. Because they traveled to visit grandma to see how grandma's doing. Um, they talk to and about their guides and or dead relatives all the time. 
to them, it's the person that's passed on to the other side isn't dead, isn't non-existent. They know that they're there and they openly communicate about them. Um, this one is an interesting one. They have really strong immune systems, which strangely make their illnesses with no apparent cause baffling. I see. They, they come on strong. They are very strong because... But I mean, the, the, the disease comes on strong. The disease comes on mm -hmm. strong, yes. Okay. Um, they often have a lower basal body temperature. Huh. Uh, so it's not, a, it's not a low thyroid. No. No. Not no. always. Mm -hmm. They're, they have a very dynamic appearance or personality. These are the kiddos that when they're two, they don't want mom to dress them. They want to dress themselves. They go into the the age of expression very early. They go into the age of personal expression and demonstrating that personal expression early and they stay with it for a long time. They sometimes never actually come out of it. I would be the example of that. <laughs> My sense of personal expression has never been the norm. <laughs> I see. Uh -huh. um, they have a commanding presence. These are kiddos that when they're in a group of five kids, you know which one's a crystalline child. You just know it. You can watch them play and you just you just know. Well, I know. But anybody who's tapped in and looks for the signs, you can see it. It's just there. They have a, a presence of self and awareness that is just there. I and see. if you have... Well, that's an interesting thing because does it mean they have to be loud or they have no, to be uh, no. expressive? No, they can be the quiet one. Right. They can be the quiet one in the crowd, but Correct. their presence is all there. Yeah. Um, I have watched kids. This is, this is the part that, you know, we can, we can address in, in another part of the segment, but I have watched kids where you have five kids playing and you have the one that's that crystalline kiddo and you have the one that is the... Not a bully, but maybe the personality is very strong and feels threatened by that crystalline child. Mm -hmm. That strong personality will bully that crystalline child sometimes or attempt to. And that crystalline child maybe doesn't have a... Uh, bad a, bone of the body? It's They do have a backbone, but it's no, so... No, bad, bad, B-A-D. No, they don't have a bad bone in their body, but right. their, their strength is so subtle and it's so present that that bully or that person that feels threatened by them mm -hmm. can't get through and it frustrates the bajonies out of them. But that crystalline child over time can be beaten down, but um, if they have a strong support network, it doesn't really affect them. Huh. Um, they often look younger than their years later in life. Uh -huh. So you'll meet one and they're in their 40s, but you mistaken them for being in their 30s. Okay. Um, so, they, so Jane Fonda is a... Uh, Indigo child. I wouldn't say that. No. <laughs> I've never met Jane Fonda. I'm not going to commit to that. <laughs> um, they often come into the world perceiving that they deserve to be here. And that is not a narcissistic presence. What, they're, what I'm talking about is they have a self-knowing of presence that they know that they deserve to be here to do their job. Mm. And you are not going to be able to dissuade them from that because they have a purpose. Mm. Purpose-driven presence. Purpose-driven presence, yes. Uh, okay. Their self-worth is not an issue because they often tell their parents who they are. Mm. Now, this one's a, a kind of a one of those that if the indigo or crystalline child is 
damaged early in life or has negative reinforcement, this can become long-term damage and they may struggle with self-worth later. But usually, um, most of the time, a crystalline child knows who they are. They know they have that self-actualization at a very young age. Um, they often have difficult with, difficulty with absolute authority. So um, I will tell you from personal experience, somebody who tells me this is the rule and I say why, and they go, because it is, will immediately make me angry. <laughs> I see. And a crystalline child will also respond exactly the same way. It's, it's a don't give me an absolute without explaining it and giving me mm. reasons and treating me like I'm going to understand what's going on. They certainly do, they just simply do not do certain things. Like waiting in line can be difficult for them. <laughs> right. And they have that innate drive to, they can see a better way of doing something. They often seem like they're the system busters. Like they don't follow the system. They don't follow the rules. Um, they don't go to high school, graduate from high school, go to college, get a degree, have a regular career. They don't think inside that paradigm. Okay. They can't think inside that paradigm. They cannot function that way or they fall apart. Uh, they seem especially antisocial outside of their own kind. <laughs> they, huh. they can appear to be very judgy of people who don't think like they do. And it's not because they are judgy. It's because it's difficult for them to slow down enough to explain to somebody who doesn't perceive their world the way they do. So they just ignore them and they kind of slough those other people off and they um, can seem antisocial. You know, it's not because they are, but if they have to... This is a horrible way of explaining it. But if they have to lower themselves to your energy vibration to explain something that's so simple and how they perceive, they get impatient with that if they have to explain it four or five times. So they get to a point sometimes where they just don't. And mm. so they just ignore people that mm. aren't going to get it. Because they know when they meet you that you're not going to get it. <laughs> I see. Yeah, they yeah, do yeah. not respond to guilt discipline. Do not try to guilt these children. It does not work. They will look at you, stick their tongue out, and walk away. It just doesn't work. Um, and they're not shy about letting you know what they need. Yes. They need this, mm -hmm. and they will tell you it. Hope you stay with us all the way. We will be right back. Well, we you just already started with a list, uh, which was very, very interesting. The last one you mentioned, uh, the two last ones, you said uh, they can appear antisocial when not with their own kind mm -hmm. and then you said uh, they do not respond to guilt mm -mm. is that what you're right guilt. to the feeling of guilt they you mean they don't understand that they're guilty of anything because they did it with the right intention well so this is a tricky one it's not that they don't feel guilt okay because we've talked previously about narcissists and how narcissists don't feel guilt right, right. Well, an indigo crystalline child, if you, if you try to shame guilt them as a, a corrective action response, they do not respond accordingly. I because see. when they do something, when they have done something that might have been socially unacceptable, 
the corrective action should not be shame, shame on you for doing that. The uh -huh. corrective action for these children, it's more important to explain to them why it's socially unacceptable or why they should not do those things. And they're going to push back. They're going to say, but I don't understand. If, if, if I can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah. You know, like, um, I will use a very good example from one of my own children's <laughs> antisocial behavior. Um, he uh, urinated outside on a public building. <laughs> On a public building. On a, pu pu on a public uh -huh. building. He needed to go to the bathroom. I was not paying attention. I completely admit I was sidetracked. I had his brother in my arms and he needed to pee and I was not paying attention. And he'd probably been trying to tell me he needed to go to the bathroom. And he pulled down his pants and peed right there. And I was like, oh my goodness, you cannot do that. Well, why? I went, pull your pants up. I'll talk about it in the car. We got him in the car and I said, why did you pee on the building? He goes, because I need to go to the bathroom. And I went, do you know why you should not pee on a public building? He goes, no, I can't. So I did. I see. <laughs> and I went, okay, so let's talk about this. You know, we went through, you know, that's why we have bathrooms. And that's mm -hmm. why most people find that, you know, you want to urinate in a private place. You know, right. there's also sanitary Alizia aspects. Alizia was you know, turning us back to the world, we, I hope. No, no? not, not oh. really. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this was... It, there's a lot more to it, but I'm simplifying it for the for Thanks. the audience. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, and I, I explained to him, and he and I said, "Do you understand now why you can't do that?" He goes, "I don't understand why, but I won't do it now because obviously it bothers you." Oh, well, that's <laughs> so his good. perception hmm. wasn't necessarily that he felt guilt, and I did not approach it as shame, shame on you. Why'd you do that in public? It was very much. This was a child I knew from a very early age. You had to explain what was going on. You had to give him a reason. You had to try to explain social norms because yeah. he did not get them. Yeah, yeah. He would respond accordingly because he didn't want you to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. until he got older. And then he did understand mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. But when he was much younger, he didn't really understand that there are rules and why there were rules and if you didn't explain it to him if you just said don't do this because that's what other people expect he would immediately kick back and do it anyway and right. repeatedly mm -hmm. and that's a typical thing for a crystalline child they need the the tenderness of the moment and the connection with the person to explain that because if i tried to guilt trip him into something his behavior would have skyrocketed out of out of the roof in an opposite direction oppositional defiant mm -hmm. is what some people define that as he would have gone in that direction i've seen kids crystalline kids that turn very oppositional defiant it's a response to somebody not explaining to them why why uh, do we do these things the way we do because to yeah. them they don't make sense yeah yeah, I see that. Hmm. And the more, how do I say it? They are more their own individual. Oh, so they yeah. they are more mature in the mind than that the body indicates. Exactly. These are not children that you cannot talk down to a crystalline child. Let me tell you, that that is a number one thing. If I mm -hmm. cannot reinforce one thing in this show, this is the one I need to reinforce. Do not talk down to these kids. Just because they're four doesn't mean they're four in their head doesn't mean that they're four in their spirit. These these are old spirits. And and some of us who are, are any, and there are other people who are old spirits that are not crystalline children, but there are 
the crystalline children come into this realm cognizantly aware that they are aware. Mm -hmm. That's what makes them so different. You mm -hmm. can have old souls that, you know, you talk to somebody, you have a symbi you know, have a, a, a rapport with them and you go, oh, they seem like a really old soul, you know. An old soul is an old soul is an old soul. We are, we're all kind of old souls. But yeah. you ha crystalline children are fundamentally different by how they come into the world and how their worldview looks. They see things, they know things, they feel things that nobody around them feels, mm -hmm. that nobody around them is aware. Mm -hmm. And they are cognizantly aware of their purpose. And that purpose may be different per crystalline child. I, I do want to ask, though, because obviously we've been around for many thousands and oh, yeah. tens of thousands of mm -hmm. years. Uh, within, a, within most families, when a child is born, we have always considered it special. Right. Right. Um, everybody thinks that their child is special. Mm -hmm. I used to coach uh, in sports. Oh yeah. And of course, every parent thinks that their child is this gift to the world. Right. And the children have that feeling about themselves as well. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make them a crystalline child. No. That doesn't make them an indigo child. No, it right? doesn't. There are still certain laws of the land and laws of life mm -hmm. that you need to master. You cannot come in with the sensitivity and then get a free car, free pass Correct. to go through life. And so I, I, and I hear you because this is such an interesting topic and books are written about it, people talk about it. But at the same time, we have to be careful to not put children on a pedestal just because they were born in a certain decade. Exactly. We need to make sure that, listen, you still need to learn and I'm here to teach you, to help teach you for the time being until you can pick it up yourself. Exactly. You know, you know I talked about, I talked earlier about my growing up. My father was an empath, is an empath. And he's very much military, you know, military yeah, family yeah. that you, you're raised with expectations and standards and things that you learn to do. I know that I was born into that, the family that I was born into to reinforce the boundaries that I needed to survive in this modern world. You cannot take a crystalline indigo child and say, oh, you're special and have yeah. no boundaries, have no guidelines, right. have no expectations, mm -hmm. have no structure. I will say that every crystalline child that I know needs that structure 10 times more yeah. than that quote unquote other kid that might not be a crystalline child. Right. The reason they need that structure is they need a reinforcement of safety because their perception of yeah. the world is so, it, it's just so sensitive, it's so heightened. If you don't give them a foundation of support and, and safety, if you're a wishy-washy, permissive parent with a crystalline child, you will end up with a problem. Yeah. Because they will not have felt safe in their early years. So they will not have that safety foundation to be able to move forward in the optimum direction that they want to go. They already know what their goal is. Yeah. But their obstacles from, say, 16 through 30 might be a lot harder because they didn't have that that boundary, that structure, and that net of love, yeah. and that net of safety. And yeah. safety is a key piece here. Yeah. If a crystalline child, a crystalline adult, an indigo adult, does not have safety, and doesn't know how to create that safety in their space, they have a really hard time functioning. They have a hard time functioning in jobs. They have a hard time functioning in 
relationships. They have a hard time with the things that make our world work, like money, cars, stability, you know, all those things. If they didn't have that as children, they really struggle with that farther out. Doesn't mean they don't ever overcome it. Some do, some don't. Everybody's life path is different, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it might be much harder for them. So permissive parenting is a really bad thing for a crystal and indigo child. It really is. It's not good for them. Chris, a permissive parenting where you just let them make all the decisions, yeah. don't do that. That's yeah. that's not a good thing. You need to create boundaries. Mm-hmm. You need to speak honestly with yourself and with your child. If you self-lie, yeah. that crystal and child will know. And that starts to, over time, undermine their safety. Their good safety point. with you and mm-hmm. their safety with the world. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who can't be honest with yourself, those children will suffer for, for it mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. da- it can be damaging not forever necessarily every path is a little different yeah. but know that permissive parenting and lack of honesty with the self lack of self-growth self-care can harm your children i listen i want to make a comment it's obviously it almost comes across like laziness on the part of the parent by yeah. simply permissive being permissive can. And it can, and that's why I want to say I got to be careful how I say this. Right. Uh, I I'm sure that every parent loves their children mm-hmm. and wants to do best for them, but just because you have produced a child either as a father or and or the mother, it doesn't mean that the job your job just ended. Right. That's mean. That means you are starting a new chapter in your own development right. as a person. Right. And that means that you're going to take on more responsibilities. And not everybody seems to be equipped to sure. do that and is willing to do that. And that's why, um, you know, just having children or having a lot of children doesn't make you a better parent no. or uh, makes you qualify as a parent. And 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 I obviously looking around, we see too many Children who get in trouble, parents who get in trouble, parents who become addicted to medication, opioids, drugs, alcohol, uh, habits that because they have something going on that they can't handle themselves. Mm -hmm. It is so important that we realize that we keep learning until the day we die. Every day. And if we don't, if we don't, if we're not willing to take on that task, how can we become that strong home base for all these young children that are being born, because I truly believe that all these children want a home base. They want to know that there is this one place for sure that they're safe. They can totally be themselves until they're ready to spread their wings. Right. And those are fundamental things that not everybody is able to provide. I will say that there is an interesting phenomena I have seen with Crystal and children that I've never seen with any other vibrational child, Uh a child on a different vibrational level. If they are born into a home where that vibration cannot be provided, Mm. they will get adopted, fostered, sent to other family members. Like there is something, not all the time, but usually there is another, they're born into the, the manifestation of earth as we have it. But their path is already set up where they're going to go where they need to go, not necessarily where they were born. Um, I've actually met some of these. I worked with high-risk youth for many years, and there were every once in a while we'd have that one kid come in, and I'd go, oh, 
This one knew. This one was born into that genetic manifestation that they needed. But the home was not what they needed. So now they have made their journey in another direction. Mm -hmm. But the key aspect of one child I'm thinking of is self-awareness was really early. Yes, that kid dabbled in drugs and did some things maybe that weren't the smartest choices. But even in those choices, he knew. He knew at a fundamental level. If you sat down and talked with him, he knew where he was going. He knew what he was meant to do. And he had no guilt about being who he was and not in a narcissistic self-absorbed way but in a compassionate loving present way mm-hmm. it's a beautiful child mm. well young adult by the time i met him sure. but he had never been able to live with his biological family because his biological family could not provide for him the things he needed and he had been in the foster care system for many years mm. but in each foster care situation He could tell you about each foster family and what the beauty of the things that they showed him Hmm. and the beauty of the experience that they gave him and that he knew that he wasn't going to be that he knew going into those foster homes he wouldn't be there forever but he knew he needed to get he needed to learn something and share back with them a piece of himself that is a crystalline child a real crystalline child experience that is manifesting what that means to be an indigo crystalline child. He Mm -hmm. wasn't born into a family that could give and take what he needed, but the system, the universe was set up in a way, his path was set up in a way that he could grow and move with that. I see. And he's Mm -hmm. a fully functioning, normal, quote-unquote, crystalline child adult. (laughs) He still follows to the beat of his own drummer, but... He functions well. He knows how to manage money. He's not entitled. He's not falling down in relationships. He's figured those things out. But the home, if you if you are in a contract relationship with a child that's been born into this life and they are a crystalline child, you are going to learn from that child. You won't be able to help it because that is what they do. They teach you by being. And not every child that has autism is a crystalline child or an indigo child. Not every child who has a disability or is highly IQ intelligence or have, you know, all of these labels that we give kids in our modern society. Yes. Okay. Not Which all of those kids are crystalline. We kids. all like to do that. I mean, we in all, a way. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you make a good point. Like, Parents love to think that their kids are special because they've done they that are. for a long time. They are. When you give, I mean, I've given birth twice. Yeah. I, I carried that child under my breast for nine months, and mm-hmm. I carried them and nursed them and fed them and held them and cuddled them and cried, you know, dried their tears and changed the dirty diapers and all those things that moms and dads do. And I know completely, one hundred percent, the flaws of each one of my children. Mm-hmm. I know that my oldest has some issues and I know my youngest has some issues, but I know that as spiritual beings, they are indigo children, but their journeys are vastly different. They are not the same. They Mm -hmm. have two very different life path journeys Mm -hmm. and it's so different that if, if you saw them individually and did not know that they were brothers, you would not know that they were brothers because they're their life path choice is so vastly different. Do they get along? Do they hang out with each other? Or they get along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they are, 
they're divergent. Uh-huh. I mean, they are not the same. They are both crystalline kids. They're both indigo kids, but they are not the same. And if you didn't know what you were looking for, the oldest you might not think is a crystal. Yeah, you child. would find fault very quickly. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're that's that's that life path. His life path is very specific to one thing, uh-huh. as is the younger one is very specific to one thing. Yeah. The younger one you might peg as a crystal a little bit sooner than yeah. the older one, yeah. but they both are. And the two children that I'm helping raise, they are also indigo kids, but mm. they also have vastly different life paths. The youngest one, again, you would probably say, yeah, that's, that's a crystalline kid. The mm-hmm. older one, probably not, mm. <laughs> but mm. they are. And so you cannot judge just by a list of characteristics. You have to look at the glow, the shine, the purpose, the things that drive them. The things that drive them are not the norm. They just aren't. They're not the Western cultural norm that you think of. They think Mm -hmm. outside the box. They can't help it. That's that's how they live and breathe. And they're human lie detectors. They hate it when you lie to them. They will know it. So don't lie to those crystalline kiddos. So one of the things in uh, awards and sports, the hip thing today to, to do today is give everybody a medal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, competition, it's all about participation mm-hmm. and we're all in this together mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Is that good for a child, an indigo, crystalline? If you're lying stuff? to them, no. If they got an award and they didn't earn it, in the long run, that will embitter them. It really will embitter them towards success. It doesn't encourage these kids. Yeah, it yeah. act because it's a lie, that's, and they know that's it. That's why I bring it up. They I, know it's yeah. a lie. You know, yeah. it's the kids. and you can see the interest too oh, when yeah. they pick up these trophies. They just walk they, away. They toss it away. And they toss it away. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they know that it's insincere. It's really for the parents. It's for the parents. Yeah. And it's and I don't <laughs> understand. I have no idea thing. where this came from. Yeah. I, I saw it develop even over time as a teacher. I was like, what, what is going on? And well, we're trying a new behavior modification, you know, behavior modification, you know, positive reinforcement. These are all wonderful things, but in the right time, in the right place, giving every single child an award, those indigo kids are the ones that are the most derisive of it. They're usually the ones who are, take the, the award seriously you know they don't take it seriously they unless just, they, they win they seriously win unless one. they seriously yeah. win mm-hmm. um they don't like the deception of subterfuge they don't they don't like it they don't like people who are um tricking them into things they mm-hmm. would rather you be straightforward and just be honest with them are they competitive they can be very competitive okay. they can also be not competitive at all and not care Okay, so it, that doesn't make any difference. That doesn't make yeah. any difference. You, cu- They come in both ways. It really comes down to uh, don't lie to me. Don't you know? lie. Don't lie to me. Do don't shame lie. me. Don't shame you. Tell me why I did something wrong, then yeah. I understand it, and I'll, I'll fix it. Exactly. You know, when it's my time. When it's, when it's And that's a key piece right yeah. there. When they figure it out and yeah. what it means to their growth, they'll go, oh, okay, I get it. I won't do that now. And they won't. They'll yeah. never do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and don't dumb things down. Gosh, these kids at a very young age, my uh, eldest was a prime example of this. I never could talk. I mean, I accidentally, every once in a while, you, you get in that parent mode where, yeah, yeah, just calm. And he would, he would puff up and just don't talk to me like that. Yeah. And I, it was an instant, okay, okay, you're right. My bad. 
Yeah. Mom made a mistake. Back, so, back to real. So what's the reason why these children are born? Is, is, the, is, is the universe lining up a certain way with the stars and the planets and everything that, uh, not the universe, but are we lining up somehow because there is something earth-shattering going to happen if we don't do this? Or is there... Uh, has there been a cycle in, in the past before? I know we talk about continents like Atlantis and Lemuria and there places have, like that. I mean, have there been these, yes. are we going through a cycle yes. with this? Yes, okay. we are going through a cycle. Um, Were they called different in those days? In those they days? Is, every era has a different name for things. Were they in the United States or were they in the, on the world? Were they in certain regions? I mean, are they in Africa talking about indigo children or South America? They're talking about it. Is it a United States or Western it's, it's world, a world kind of It's thing? a worldwide thing. It I is mean, a worldwide thing. It is a worldwide thing. And yes, it is cyclical. So these children may not have incarnated as crystalline beings in a previous, maybe you or I were the crystalline children in another era. And they were the people who were not aware uh, type thing. I know I'm a hardhat, so that's uh, <laughs> just good. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break here for the news. And then we'll be back with Red Moon Eagle, uh, folks. Stay tuned all the way till 11 o'clock. We'll be right back. Uh, always a lot that you, you say makes me think. And that is why I like to have you. Um, we were talking in that last hour about a list of characteristics mm -hmm. because we all feel that our children are special. And mm -hmm. everybody, most people who are alive today, either have children or grandchildren who mm -hmm. are part of what we call the indigo child or the crystal child or star child or rainbow child. Right. And uh, we were just ending the hour talking about uh, history if these and and you you can look back mm -hmm. and you've studied this as well that these kind of cycles i would say maybe we can call them cycles they are cycles of of children come in um we are talking right now about a cycle of children that are very fluent with technology mm -hmm. they're really they, they they have these big muscular thumbs right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh they they're very they have gifts that most people didn't learn naturally from the mm -hmm. time they were born, but those gifts can also have a negative effect. It's one thing that you understand electronics. On the other hand, the effects that electronics can have on a person's psyche, chakras, health cycle, dietary uh, choices that they make, uh, sleep cycles that they need that are disrupted with new technology and new opportunities Come very tough challenges mm -hmm. and it is therefore in my opinion difficult for most parents to with working multiple jobs to actually find that balance where you say where do I assist them in their drive where do I slow them down because of the negative impact that some of this can happen and where in where as my role as a parent I need to help them to become a, uh, a well-rounded, give them a well-rounded education that is not just learning math, et cetera, right, right. but just an education and not give in. So we as parents are extremely 
under the gun, so to say, because we have a huge responsibility with this type of generation of children that's coming through right now. And I don't know if the next generation is ZZ or <laughs> ZZ Top. I don't know. But it could be uh, it could be A. I don't know where it's right. going from here. Well, But so this is something that, that goes in my mind uh, because it's nice to mention the characteristics, which is we're going to continue because the list isn't done. But there is definitely more to it. It's one thing to recognize. There's another thing. How do we deal with this? Yeah, it's it's multifaceted, which is why when we started the radio show today, I was like, there is so much. Yeah, there is. There is so much. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I would, I'm going to read some more characteristics, but I will throw out there that something that I have found with both my kiddos and other people who have adopted this particular mindset with raising crystal and indigo kids is mm -hmm. that what you should be doing is looking backward in time for raising your kids now. So more FaceTime, FaceTime, interpersonal. Connecting. Connecting, uh, interpersonal time, less TV, yeah. less cable, less computers, less cell phones, um, more board games, more interactive play games, more interpersonal foundation safety uh, going out and gardening, going out and riding a bike, going out and doing things. You know, these kids need that foundation more than their counterparts. Mm -hmm. They need it whole foods. They need all of the wholesome stuff that you think of 200 years ago. Like they didn't have all this extra stuff. That's what these kids need in their foundation. They are going to outgrow it and grow beyond it. And they need to be able to have that home and safety first before they spread their wings and go. Because they will. Mm -hmm. I mean, because they come in with such a purpose, they are going to spread their wings and grow. Like, you're not going to be able to hold them back. I mean, you just won't. Yeah. But if you give them that foundation, they have more of the tools they need for moving forward. Mm -hmm. These kids need that so much more. Um, and part of that is if we look at the cycles, I mean, we've had these cycles in history where their purpose, you asked me that once before, is what's their purpose? Mm -hmm. Their purpose is to raise the consciousness and awareness of everyone else. That is what they do. By their presence in a room, they make you look at things differently. Yeah. They make you see the world through a different set of eyes. It doesn't make you a crystalline person. It makes their presence that much more tangible and real and palatable. Mm -hmm. um, some of the some other characteristics I'm going to kind of dive into that yeah, is a physical characteristic um, that you might find in a crystalline or indigo child is that they have when they watch you, when they observe you, when they look at you, it feels as though they are looking inside your soul because huh. really they are. <laughs> I see. They can't help it. Um, they're likable. They're often immediately likable. I will say my oldest son was one of these children that everybody loved him. He's adorable. Everybody wanted to touch him. He yeah. hated people touching him. Oh. <laughs> but because he was so likable, my youngest one is like that too. Everybody likes him. He's just a likable kid. Um, the other two that I'm helping raise, they're, they're likable people. They're good, genuine, wholesome, just they don't have a harsh bone in their body. You know, they really don't. They will protect their own, but you really have to push them pretty far to trigger that. I see. They're also deeply affectionate, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're touchy-feely people. 
Okay. I have met Crystal and kids that are very offstandish, like don't touch me, don't hug me. I really don't want to have get too close to your energy mm -hmm. field. But their affection will come through in other ways. Their words will be affectionate. Their energy and your presence will be affectionate. They will sit next to you close on the couch. They don't really want you to hug them, but they just want to sit and lean. Right. <laughs> they just want to lean in. And that's their way of showing affection. Um, they can start talking early. Both of my children talked very early, full sentences, um, fully communicating, um, very good with words. Once they figured out to how to speak English, that is. I had one that spoke another dialect of another language. We couldn't figure out what it was. Um, <laughs> Gibberish. Well, we did. We taped it. We did figure out it was a form of Tibetan. Um, really? He's a reincarnated Tibetan monk. So his first couple years, he would say a word or a couple words, and then he would tumble into this other language and it was indecipherable for everybody around him. Ah, interesting. Um, his past life was a little closer to the surface than others. And you'll find that in some crystalline kids. They'll talk about their other mothers and fathers. They'll talk about their other siblings. They'll see somebody that you know and they'll go, oh, that was my daddy before. Hmm. I mean, it's just right there. It's hmm. right there on the surface. Hmm. Um, they often have a gift for music and for singing. And my goodness, they might be as tone deaf as they come, but they love music. Um, they will hone their psychic ability innately. Like they're going to use it and practice it all of the time. And it's so innate to them. It's so integral to how they function. I can relate to this very much so. Um, I've always worked on strengthening and growing because it's so much a part of me. Um they are, they have a tendency to be, so an indigo person meeting a narcissist doesn't necessarily know to ward themselves against that energy. They just want to give them more love. I see. They just give them more love. If I give them enough love, then maybe they'll come over to the light side. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. that's their worldview. They they don't look at the narcissist or the person that's harming others or the person that's been a pedophile or you know, you can think of some pretty horrible things that people do. Mm -hmm. They won't look at that person as unsalvageable because what they see is the spiritual being that resides in that body yeah. and they see the journey. Yeah. They don't see what they're doing that's harmful now. They may tell the other person that they're with, they may say, hey, mommy, that person's not very good for you, or that person's a bad person right now. But if you listen to their words, they qualify it right now, hmm. or not good for you. Mm -hmm. They don't see the harm to themselves because they're on a journey that they can see these things. Mm -hmm. they, their perception is outside of the norm you know, I say that with quotation marks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're very protective of their planet um, because they know that we live in the earth. We are not just on the earth. We aren't living on earth. We are in the earth. We are part of the ecosystem of the earth. And they know that at a fundamental cellular level. Going back to food, that's why food is so important to them because they are integrally connected in a way that other people aren't necessarily. Well, I see in in one of the lists that they have a tendency to be more on the vegan side or the vegetarian they side. They can, mm -hmm. yeah, but not all of them are. No, exactly, because it's uh, that's not per se a guarantee of health. No, it is not. You know, it's just that that will be more a qualification or philosophy. 
I have to do this in order to be more spiritual right. or whatever. Well, know? and some of these kids, it kind of depends on their genetic code that they were brought into this earth with. Yeah. So they were born into a family that maybe their biological manifestation can handles veganism or vegetarianism better. But some of them are born into a biological composition like mine. I can't be a vegan or vegetarian. It makes me physically ill. I would love to be vegan and vegetarian. Right. I tried it. It made me really ill. I am an indigo child, but I can't biologically, my genetic code that I chose to be born into in this life can't handle that. Mm. And I had to kind of come to grips with that. That was a journey of my own of, oh, okay, this isn't part of mine, but it is a part of somebody else's. And yeah. understanding that, that there a is a difference. That's a great way of saying it. There is a difference. Crystal and children... So in other words, you're not a follower. No. So people that say, you know, like what you say, I saw, I see other people do it, and I wish I could do that. But at the same time, you realized I cannot just blindly follow because somebody else is doing it and it's my friend or family member or whatever. Indigos you have to don't find follow. your own thing, right? Indigos will never follow. They yeah. are not followers. Yeah. You will not find one be a follower. They may appear to be following mm -hmm. if that is what they're needing to do to survive, but they don't follow. Their inner core cannot allow them to. They tackle you from behind. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes. Oops, yeah. Um, one of the other key pieces is that they are animal lovers, and I mean more than animal lovers. When I talk to a crystalline or an indigo child or young adult, when we talk about animals, we talk about the language of animals, and it's a unique conversation I can very rarely have with anybody other than uh, an animal speaker or a indigo child crystalline somebody of my own gift set so mm -hmm. to speak my own language because we know animals speak to us and we know that their language is subtle and it takes a stillness and a patience and a vibration to be able to hear them and when we have those conversations it's always very eerie because we'll have a conversation somebody who doesn't understand is sitting listening it sounds like gobbledygook to them yeah because we, when when you talk about animal lovers and crystal and children and indigo children, it's not that we love them. It's that we recognize them as their own entity. Mm -hmm. But if you talk to an indigo and crystal and child about plants and animals and the ocean and the mountains and the stones and the crystals and all the things that make our earth what it is, we speak to that earth. We speak to the environment and the the uh, ecosystem that we all belong to. To us, it's a whole nother language. We yeah. just have to tap in and listen to it. When we have that conversation with someone else, it sounds a little foo-foo. You know, it mm -hmm. sounds a little science-y fiction, sounds a little, you know, out Hippie -ish. there. Hippie-ish. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it does. You know, I've been accused of being a granola more times than I can count um, because I get that. I can hear it. When the wind blows, I hear the song. When the earth rumbles, I can feel it. I know what it's trying to say. Indigestion. <laughs> Indigestion, <laughs> yes. You're digging too deep. Darn yeah. it, stop. Um, crystal and indigo children are passionate about protecting the earth because they can hear it. Mm -hmm. They can hear the earth, and they can hear when we damage it. They can hear when we're harming it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's integral to how they are connected with everything. And... If, if anything in these list 
of things that you give indigo and and um, crystal and children they don't necessarily have autism they don't necessarily have Asperger's they don't necessarily have the spectrum they aren't necessarily really high IQ or really low IQ mm -hmm. there are variances of crystal and children with all of those yeah I mean maybe I have a little bit of Asperger's I don't know I haven't been tested for it mm -hmm. but I know that the characteristics that I carry as an indigo crystalline child, when I meet another one, there's instant recognition. We know who we are. Mm -hmm. We know when we meet another one. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had little kids. I'm not a little kid person, like a little kid person, really not. I've had them come up to me in public places and hug my leg. And I look down and I go, oh, that's because you're a crystalline child. You're, you recognize me as one of your own. I see. And you're trying to get me to recognize you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It is a very unique and different experience. And yeah. parents that have indigo crystalline children are constantly making statements like, I can't get my kid to recognize a bad person. Mm -hmm. I can't get my kid to recognize they can't just run off. <laughs> right. I can't get my kid to recognize not to pee on a wall or to recognize social norms or to fit within a societal structure. My kid just doesn't fit. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I get that. But that's also part of the role of the parent to make that work, right? To it make is. it help the, by the explaining role, it. And, uh, right, and you don't stifle yeah. it. You just don't tell them, no, don't do that. You yeah. explain why. Yeah. And you have to be patient and you yeah. have to explain it over and over again until they get it. I and see. you also have to be validating that when they say, oh, that guy was my daddy last time. Instead of looking at them like they're crazy, rolling your eyes, A, they're going to see you roll your eyes. They're going to see your emotional response because a lot of these crystal and indigo kids are empaths and energy sensitives and right. psychic and telepathic right. and have all of these gifts. And they're going to see that response and they're going to learn, mm, mm -hmm. mommy doesn't believe me. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not going to tell mommy these things anymore. And then you end up with a child who doesn't communicate with you, who doesn't share with you when they need things, that doesn't feel safe, that doesn't feel the unconditional love. Yeah. Unconditional love, and I mean true unconditional love, is essential for a crystalline indigo child to grow up whole and self-confident. Mm -hmm. You cannot judge these children. You cannot put them in a box, and you cannot say, I will love you if you make an A. I will love you if you get this award. I will love you more if you do these things. You That's, cannot do it to these children. Yeah, yeah, it will harm yeah. them. Mm. Wow. I got a lot to say about that. <laughs> well, we have a caller who would like to chime in. Good morning, caller. Thanks for holding on there. What's your name? How can we help you, please? Hi, Jacobus. This is Steve. Hey, Steve. Good morning to you. Same to you. Same to your guest. Thank you. Know, you. Jacobus, you have really outdone yourself today. <laughs> Why is that? Well, this lady is speaking more truth than you ever hear on any of these. Uh, the the truth that she is speaking, I just wish that um, more people would would listen in these Baptist churches would uh, uh, hear what the message is. But anyway, I just wanted to say thank you and thanks to this lady for the truth that she is talking to people about that we can all have a better planet to live on yeah. once people understand yeah. and comprehend what is what we came here to live a life for and 
and to learn, because we all came here for a purpose, to learn whatever it is that we have to learn in this lifetime. And most people don't even comprehend the purpose of life or what life is all about. They just think they're born here and then they're going to die and they'll either go to hell or to heaven. Yes. And, And they don't comprehend what life is all about, but that's just a test for the soul that I see. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, Jacobus, and, and, and thank you, too, for what you're, the message that you're carrying. Uh, just Red Moon Eagle, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much, Steve. Thank all you. the best to you. Yeah, yeah. bye. Bye-bye. Well, it, it's true, we all have a purpose-driven life. We do. And... Uh, to find out about that, that's really important. And, you know, it's uh, when we come back, we're going to continue more about how to really deal with some of these issues because that is that is something indeed that a lot of people say, you know, uh, you know, how, when children, one of the topics you have is damaged children. Yes. You know, how we can help them. Yes. To uh, because of all the all the stuff that's happening around us and the temptations that are out there for them is even more challenging and more damaging than for the average child. Yes. And that is something that uh, that needs to be addressed for sure. Folks, uh, we are taking that short break. Please stay tuned for the last half hour of Gesundheit with Jacobus. We'll be right back. Just during the break, I had a telephone call from Patty who said, it's just amazing to see second and third grade children already walking with cell phones in school. And uh, you look at how much TV they watch and what they're being affected and influenced by as far as commercials are concerned, as far as humor, as far as movies. And uh, parents want to feel often inclusive. Oh, let the child watch with me so they know what I'm watching and they're going to see it at some point anyway. Um, you are, in a way, stunting the growth of the child by uh, by exposing them to impressions that put a stamp on their development, and and may not they may not want to look into a an avenue that is actually um, destined in their life, and they may get there at some point, but at a later time. So, it is so important that when we become parents when we are parents and we have these young generation of children, that we understand that there is a reason why we are the parents. There is a certain responsibility as well as definitely a role that we play in this whole cycle. And being that's why we are alive, to also help these children to become the children of the future. So I really appreciate uh, Red Moon Eagle being my guest today and giving us some insights on this. Thank you. Thanks for being here. You bet. Um, I don't know if you can agree with some of the things I just said. I can. Okay, good. <laughs> so uh, to talk about something that Patty brought up, she just couldn't stay on the phone with us. I don't want to put the blame on TV. I don't want to put the blame on Hollywood. I don't want to put the blame on uh, on the sugar industry. They're all part of the big, the big problem that mm-hmm. we're dealing with. And last week when we talked about the hacking of the American mind, these kind of things came up. And one of the issues that we're dealing with in today's world is this constant feeling of, Uh, living to get rewards Mm -hmm. it is not about striving for happiness happiness is retranslated into if you have a quick satisfaction a quick hit of 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 so-called pleasure Mm -hmm. that you are happy 
and 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 this doctor Robert Lustig was he's a medical doctor a neuroscientist he he been explaining this to people in his book and I highly recommend people look at it and and you were actually describing some of those issues mm-hmm. the the constant search for the dopamine the mm-hmm. next hit the next thing that makes us happy etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. and so in a way because of all the exposure of technology and impressions from being at any part of the planet if you want to be within 10 15 seconds by working on your phone we cannot appreciate our own world anymore the world takes on a different dimension it, it the world becomes very small mm-hmm. and therefore but then within that world we're focusing on the things that are really trivial and we're not focusing on the things that are actually important to keep this planet breathing and keep it alive you know what something interesting about indigo and crystalline children is that because they are often psychic and telepathic and highly 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 connected to the earth they have that instantaneous communication with the other side of the planet without a cell phone. And they have it from a very early age. Mm. They don't need that stuff. So looking backward in time and how maybe your great grandmother a lot cheaper. Yeah. How your great <laughs> yeah, well, how your great grandmother was raised or how your yeah. great great grandmother was yeah. raised. These children need that foundation more than they need that cell phone yeah. going into first grade, second grade, third grade. The reason they need it is they need to reestablish who they are in this physical manifestation because they already have so many gifts already. They don't need the inundation of the TV and all that that extra sensory overload because yeah. they're already sensitized anyway. Uh-huh. Bringing them that place of peace and that place of home and that structure and those boundaries is fundamental to keep them from being damaged leading me to the next point damaged indigo and crystalline children they are they can be very tricky to help because if they have not had that safety and that safe place at home and they are damaged by lack of reinforcement they've been lied to they have had to figure out how to be on their own from a very early age without that love and that home space and that sacred space at home Um, and people lie to them all the time it's not that they self-doubt necessarily but their perceptions start to become skewed so when they are picking up a psychic piece of information or they are here they are telepathic and they are picking up somebody's thoughts or they're picking up somebody's emotions they they don't really know how to decipher it because their worldview was not stable so it gets twisted up and it kind of can come out sideways where they end up really addicted to chemicals Mm. uh, drugs they get really addicted to alcohol they have a tendency sometimes to go that direction now, positive or negative, this is a probably a controversial statement, but they can self-destruct fairly early where they're no longer with us in this plane wow. because they cannot handle who they are because they were so damaged. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty extreme damage. Most of them go into maybe some of this chemical dependency or alcohol dependency or some of these destructive behaviors with the knowledge that that's not really what they're supposed to be doing. But because they didn't have that foundation, they're really not sure how to make that manifest. Like it's, there's a disconnect there. But if they're truly following their awareness, which usually they do straighten out, sometimes it takes a little longer. Sometimes they're in their 20s or 30s before they straighten out in the sense where they go, aha, 
that's where I was meant to go. And once they see it, they beeline for it and nobody gets in their way. It's kind of eerie. It's actually kind of like watching a freight train take off. (laughs) But sometimes they get damaged early on. Too much permissive parenting, too much freedom, quote unquote freedom, where they're not given time to play, to... Mm to interact with the spirit world, to engage in theatrical displays of play and and really explore the spiritual manifestation in this physical realm. These kids need that. They need to you, a parent living in this rational world is going to say imaginary friend. They need their quote unquote imaginary friend who might be their actual spirit guide, who might actually be one of their guardian angels or might be their twin sister and brother from the womb that you knew nothing about. You know, they may need that interaction to help them grow and become more of who they are meant to be here and now and fulfill their purpose. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that crystalline indigo children have a purpose. It's a drive. It is a thing, an all-consuming feeling that carries them from moment to moment into adulthood and into the rest of their life. And most people, a quote-unquote normal person on a normal path life that has purpose, will find drive and passion and discover these things and it morphs and it changes and it changes form. You know, you have one career, maybe you have another career and you have another career or maybe you have the same career for 40 years and that's what fulfills you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't wake up at the age of two saying, I know exactly what I'm going to do. You don't tell people at the age of three, three and a half, this is what you're going to do and you know that that's what you're going to do and you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they, so what you're saying is these children may have that oh, they yeah. may have that awareness at a very very young age oh very 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 young and not just the kid who changes his mind from i'm going to be an astronaut when he's six to i'm going to be a police officer when i'm eight i'm going to be a rodeo captain when i'm 15 like mm-hmm. not that that's not what i'm talking about i see i'm talking about a deep spiritual abiding awareness of who they are and where they're going to go. And it may not be a title of, I'm going to be a therapist when I'm grown up. Like it's not, huh. Crystal and children don't format their their declarations that way. Hmm. They form their declarations in the language of spirit. I'm going to help people see themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help the earth heal. I'm going to help people come together and love one another. I'm going to help people see their bodies for what they are. Mm. Okay, so I'm talking about therapists. I'm talking about geologists. I'm talking about doctors. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, they don't say the things that other kids grow up saying. I'm mm-hmm. going to be a police officer. You know, they say other things. They yeah. don't frame it the same way. They just don't do that. You know, it's it's interesting. You mentioned doctors. There are so many young people going to medical school today mm-hmm. for, I would say, all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. But then they are, sadly enough, manipulated into a format that is extremely restrictive on on nourishing their intuitiveness. That's why to you find- be healers, right? So they they are led astray on their path because they're being put in a box that says this is how we treat diseases. And if you don't treat diseases, 
we're taking away your license. And then they go like, well, I really want to help people. So maybe that is why people like an Andrew Weil is coming out and a Deepak Chopra have come out and say, you know what, I'm still a doctor. And, and even Dr. Michael Platt, who I've had on the radio show a few times, they say the, the current uh, format really doesn't work for us to actually help people get better. Right. And the, so I hope that that trend indeed continues. It will. I mean, Crystal and children are going into the health field. They are. They're going in sideways. Sometimes they go in as naturopaths or they're going in as doctors that are specializing in nutrition. Like they're going in sideways and they're rewriting the paradigm and they will continue to rewrite the paradigm and, because that's what they do. Yeah. Crystalline indigo children as adults rewrite the paradigm of our world and they force that to happen because that is they are a force of spirit and they are a force of nature that you cannot sideline you can't distract them you can't get them off their purpose they can go to medical school get the license but they're going to look at it and go you know whatever i'm going to go over here and do this <laughs> yes but most of them depending on their path because there's also life path interactions and and uh patterning that goes with this that they may fulfill a typical quote-unquote life path to a certain degree, but if you look deeper, it's that indigo child and what drives them. And the children, raising children, and we have, people are bringing it to the surface right now because it seems like there's a lot of them. I would hazard to say there, there are more, but it's not that there are more number-wise. There are more people that are aware of them mm -hmm. because of our technology and because mm -hmm. of our communication skills we are able to communicate that and yes there are more but if you look at percentages more if i look at 10 children in a classroom having taught public education i can yeah. see this yeah. if i had a class of we'll go 20 if i have a class of 20 children i have two indigos in that class of 20. okay that's not really a lot but if you look at a class of 20 kids and you have two indigo but you have more uh what i call the violet kiddos that are not crystalline they're not indigo they're just a they're more um new agey they're new more new agey but yeah. they're not that same level of awareness they yeah, don't okay. have the awareness but they recognize higher vibrations easier okay so those are like your energy sensitives and impasse that we talked about before but they're not crystalline kids okay okay they're going to be more impacted by that crystalline energy. So you'll have four of those in a class of 20 with two indigo kids. Oh. You have a whole different dynamic than you do if you have a class of 20 kids that are all quote unquote normal. Yeah. Quote unquote. I mean, mm -hmm. no child is normal. We are all unique. We all have our life paths. You know, it's, it's very incongruous to say that anyone is normal. But if they are not a crystalline child, depending on where they come in and their life path and their vibration, how they are affected by that crystalline child can create a vast dynamic change. It happens with me. I walk into a room of adults and I can recognize there might be one or two people in there that can perceive what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And it changes the entire dynamic of a room. Yeah. Or if I walk into a room that there's nobody that's gonna perceive me who, as who I am, it's a totally different dynamic. They can't get there. They just can't get there. <laughs> it it brings me back to a point that I said earlier, the role of the adult yes. in all this. We all 
want to be special. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all, all want to special. be. We, I know, but <laughs> we're not always treated right. like an individual that has gifts. Correct. Um, when people introduce themselves, you will say, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. And what do you do? That's a societal be- expectation. Exactly. And so you put people right away into a box. Right. And it, you don't allow that individual to actually be an individual with feelings, with experiences, with reading uh, experience, who's been reading books about all different kinds of topics. Right. You don't tap into that because you already put them in a box. You already put them in a box. And so now the, it's very hard for them to crawl out of it. Oh, yeah. And so I, I see the same with children. We have to treat every child like they're really special. We do. Because we're special and we went through that cycle and we may or we may not have had the support right. from the adults in our life, but we owe it to the next generation to at least treat them as individuals. And that doesn't mean you spoil them. No. That doesn't mean you, you say they're right. You have to become better. We have to become better as adults to tune in to the individual who yes. is in front of us because... We're all souls on this path of evolution. And just because that soul is in a three or four-year-old or a two-year-old or a 10-year-old, that doesn't mean they have less experience mm-hmm. being a soul. Right. Right? Well, uh, so we, we, may be some, we may meet somebody who's been on this planet a longer than we are. Oh, and yeah. so that, it simply what I'm trying to say is you have to treat everybody with respect. But the best way to do that is for yourself to learn more about who you are, mm-hmm. to learn to live more disciplined yes. in, in, in how you approach life and what you spend your time on, yes. right? Yes. How you direct your energy. Because otherwise, if you don't practice, practice, practice that, you are never going to become fluent in it so you never recognize it in the next person. Exactly. That's one of the reasons why when... We deal with children mm-hmm. and we don't allow them to fill the space in the universe that they are meant to fill. We can damage them. And you have to give boundaries. You have to un- help them understand society and the way we live now. But you can't put your own fears and your own expectations of what you think they're going to fulfill. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the big things I taught, I mean, I taught public school for years. And one of the things I said to my high schoolers pissed parents off like nobody's business. I would tell these kids every day, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to do that. What you have to do is fill your own shoes. Mm -hmm. I said it every day, every single day. And I told my own kids this. You don't have to be anything I want you to be. You don't have to be anything your grandparents want you to be. You don't have to be anything that somebody tells you to be. Mm -hmm. All you have to be is yourself. And I remember my oldest telling me, probably about six years old, he was like, I know, Mom. I'm going to do what I'm meant to do. It's okay. You know, he patted me on the shoulder and told me it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because he, as an indigo crystalline child, knew he was going to do it anyway. These kids know. They really know. They're, they're totally different in their awareness. You know, we, we love to give labels to things, to explain things. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to come and talk about crystalline and rainbow and indigo children and tell everybody they're the same thing. <laughs> yes, okay. They are the same thing. You're giving a separate label to the same thing. 
And mm-hmm. not every child is that. Yeah. Every child is special. Every child has a purpose. We are all unique individual spirits in this earth plane here to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But these particular children are different. You are seeing it. You're not imagining it. Yes, it's not an illusion. They are different. They are real. But you also have to recognize that they're not every single kid. They're not every single kid in your second grade class. They are not, there aren't that many. (laughs) They aren't as profuse as you think they are. Mm. Mm -hmm. Two and 20. Two and 20 people. Wow. Maybe maybe yeah. three and 20, depending on the conscious awareness of a community. Bozeman kind of is probably leaning more towards three out of 20. Okay, I will admit that. Bozeman and Livingston area and Montana in the last 20 years is moving in a vibrational direction. And I get that. But anywhere else, at least in the United States, anywhere else you're looking at maybe two and 20. Uh-huh. But they are so dynamic, and you are seeing it. You are seeing their effect on other children who are also in a different vibrational awareness. You are seeing it. No, you're not imagining it. It is real. But just know these crystal and rainbow special, special kids, Mm -hmm. they're still fairly rare, but they are very special, and they are very impactful on their peers, and they are impactful on anybody they meet. Mm Mm-hmm. And coming as an indigo crystal and child being raised in a generation that there weren't very many of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when I meet them that they're my age, it's an exciting, like I get all kinds of tingly because I can recognize them. I can know how very special we are. Mm-hmm. And we affect change. That is who we are as beings. We affect change. We manifest change in our life. Look at our life. Look at our patterns. Look at how we make decisions. We don't follow a norm. We mm. can't. I couldn't couldn't if I wanted to, and I really don't want to because it's really not what I'm made of. You know, it's crystalline indigo children are different. No. And when they're damaged when they're young, it's more, it manifests more. Mm-hmm. It manifests more than someone else. Mm. And they will always follow their life path. You can't get them off their life path. Not but that really. path is never about taking from others, no. never from hurting it's, anybody it's else. It's always giving. Yeah. It's always giving. It's always giving. It's always healing. And it doesn't mean they're doctors and therapists and counselors. It doesn't necessarily mean they do that. Yeah. Heck, they could be the carpenter. They can be the house painter. But they you can just be the, don't know. You're you, right. They could be anything. Yes. They don't have one set. You cannot put these people in a rut. Yeah. You cannot put them in a box. They yeah. will not fit. They'll break the box. They will literally break the box. They are here to raise the vibration and consciousness of everyone else. That is their purpose. Mm-hmm. So when they speak and when they tap in and when they're sharing with you stuff, it comes from that other side. They are so connected to it. They can't unconnect. Mm. Thank you. You bet. Good finish. Thank you. All right. Folks, uh, this is the end of the program. Three hours with Red Moon Eagle talking about the indigo children, the new age children that we are seeing around all around us and uh, to better understand it. If you have any other questions for her, do not hesitate to give her a call and uh, maybe text her. You can do two things. Go to her website, which is Elemental Healing mt.com mt for montana elementalhealingmt.com or give her a call at 406-690-1137 we are out of here we hope you enjoyed the program i thank you so much next week another live show 
you will not be disappointed. Talk to you next week Saturday. Bye-bye.